0: for Gen Con Online 2021 with the Onyx Path. Are you excited? Are you excited?
1: I'm excited, yeah. yeah. There you uh,
0: go. I'm Dixie Cochrane. I'm one of the in-house developers of Onyx Path Publishing. I don't actually have, uh, I'm, not, I'm not in charge of any story path games, so I don't know why I'm here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: You're here to guide us along this path because you are so good at keeping us on track.
0: And of course we have- In a story. Creative director, <laughs> Rich Thomas. hi hope We have Eddie Webb. Hello. Charge of Trinity Continuum and Scion um, and Topia Rising.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then we have Matthew Dawkins.
2: Hello. Of course,
0: with the They Came From series. Yes. So I was hoping to start out with a little bit of a history of Story Path, Rich, like why we needed it, why we built it, where it came from, that kind of thing. Cause that's something that y'all were working on way before I joined the company.
3: Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I think that the, 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 the be, very, 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 very first inklings that we needed to do Story Path uh, was the idea that we needed a new system uh, for these two games that um, uh, Onyx Path was able to buy from CCP, uh, Scion and Treaty Continuum. Mm-hmm. Um, both of which had a similar problem with um, the power. Basically, both of them started to break down rules wise the more. Powerful the characters got, and it was very obvious in both of them because of the way that the games were structured. By the time you were in demigod, mid demigod level, the the rules that worked really well for hero were starting to fray. Right, and of course back even earlier with Trinity, what worked on Aeon, then once you got up into the mega powers in uh, in aberrant, were just starting to fall apart. Uh, mm-hmm. And because the systems weren't designed, you know there were there were variants of, of story t- storyteller or storytelling, whichever one we were I think it was storyteller. Um, and they weren't really they weren't really designed to keep going like that. So that was the first thing we said you know we really need to have something that, that works for that. And I think the, the the thing that I was saying to our people who were working on it at the time, and again, we didn't have, a team that was just working on the rules at that time we had the scion team right and said hey <laughs> it was joe Carricker and, and and a bunch of a uh, bunch of other folks including a young upstart named neil um <laughs> and we we said hey you know what what we need here is something that you can play a guy in the street which would be Scion origin level or regular person in Tree continuum all the way through to an aberrant, like an upper level aberrant. Maybe not all the way through to Divis Mal, you know, who has some extraordinary powers, but and um, arms. and many arms. Um, <laughs> but to a, a a level that you you know this this system would not break down; it would all work together. So that was the right. first thing. Um, and really, we decided, you know, we, we want to. Uh, my feeling was is that it was best not to create an entirely new thing, not to do two die six or you know whatever i don't i don't i'm trying to find a just a combination that nobody's using and every, there's Seven so many d12
0: yeah, yeah
1: i d4 there, there,
3: there is a d12 uh, yeah I, I i saw a game from someone who's doing it all with d12s so. 43
0: d100s
3: um but but also the, the the concept of the dice pool and i really like a dice pool uh concept i think it's a, it's a very tactile way to to play it um, you know, yeah, you, I find you it ca- super
0: satisfying ca- to roll a bunch of dice, like it's ca- fun.
3: Ca- and make, yeah. And this die is good, and this die is good, and this die is good. <laughs> so um want to keep keep all that. And I also think that that the uh, uh, dice pool systems um, have a flexibility that was shown way back in the day with Storyteller of um, enabling more story oriented sort of things that Mm -hmm. they they can be they can be used in those things a lot more smoothly than um you know trying to trying to roll at a a target number on a single die so put that all together team starts working on it um we played around with a lot of iterations so so i mean the team was continuing to work on it Um, if we had known that, like we had, we had a developer working for us who was actually a mathematician, that would have been really helpful. Um, at least I, I didn't know. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so uh, our guys guys are trying to make this work uh, with their system knowledge um, and and their interest. Uh, of course, having played a lot of games, there's a lot of systems to, to go through. Plus, the newest state of the art, you know, things that people were doing that that our designers were really impressed by, and they have to go through iterations where they could see how that could maybe some of those things could be implemented into it. And we got to a point where. Um, it was it was very strong on expecting that the player would tell the story uh teller or the, the does it say gm because at this point there isn't even a, a name a name for it, while yeah. we're working um and there was so much reliance on a uh, uh not a reactive but a proactive player mm. which It's fantastic to have proactive players and a lot of the people who are at the level of these of of game designers are far more proactive, but sometimes you're really tired when you, when it comes to sit down at the table and Mm -hmm. you've had a tough week and Mm -hmm. you really just want to have resolutions so that you can say, I'm going to try to open this window, roll a die. I opened the window, great. Now I don't open the window, okay, now I got to do this. You, you don't want to necessarily go, well, you sort of opened a window, but then it gets stuck. Well, I use my unstuck points to get, you know, that it, you just, it just is too much. So I was, I said, I want to make sure that we, this thing can scale so, or be simple enough at its core that that person who's coming in just to play a game and just like, just to blow off the awful week they've had, um, doesn't get more frustrated that isn't expected to be uh you know, a master thespian, um, but we can add things to it that enable that level of play. And so at that point, we had, we had a little bit of a shifting. Joe Carriker had to go uh, off and do some other projects. Um, and um, Neil stepped into the, into the, the uh, the helm of the, the good ship Scion and um, and I, I think we're still at the point, yeah, I don't think we're quite making the, and now this is the system to use for Trinity Continuum, which was also, it had run its race and it was starting to catch up with Scion. So mm-hmm. the development process was getting to the point where they needed a system that they could start working with. Um, So I think it was a Gen Con, wasn't it, Eddie? Uh, we got together with Neil yeah. and, and Dave Brookshaw, I think it was. Oh, uh, yeah, because
1: we we went to dinner,
3: we went to dinner and we were realizing that I was saying things, they were saying things, it wasn't, we were not communicating. It was as if we were in the, we came in trying to describe a woolly mammoth and they were saying, well, it's tall and it's hairy and it can run. It's got four legs and it's got these two tails, one in the front, one in the back. And I'm saying it sounds like thunder coming down the mountain. It roars like the sound of 4,000 <laughs> sheep. You know, uh, we, we were both I've, describing. I've, I've been right? in meetings
0: we're, like that even recently where it's like, yeah. like, like, after like five minutes of frustration, it's like, no, we're saying the same thing. We're just mm-hmm. saying it completely differently. I don't know why.
3: <laughs> that that was exactly Stop it. And, with me. <laughs> and the problem is, Chris, now we're in nitty-gritty land and I am not a systems designer. Like I I knew we had to make these changes because I had played them and because I had been observing how people played. Um those games uh, uh, their, their comments on the forums, so many comments on the forums uh, about you know in particular I, why can't I just you know why in Scion can't I throw anything um so you know we had to make sure we had, we had throwing rules in Scion second edition uh, but but yeah. they had to make sense and so you know it all, it all kind of is, is all part of the same puzzle And finally, we got to the point where the way to make it work was I would tell Eddie, What I was thinking about, what like I was concerned (laughs) about, and he would then translate it in designer speak to our other two guys. They go oh uh, yeah well if you do this and this and i'm just going like and i'm hearing and and then eddie would turn back to me and say so rich this is what the and i would
1: go oh no, look, i was i was genuinely trying to Rich me really like going it just needs to you know the player needs to be doing more stuff at the table blah, blah, blah. I'd go to them yeah. and say, what rich is wanting is he wants there to be a balance between player and gm reactivity in terms of dice rolling and they go oh okay cool and then come back and say yes i'll give you the dice roll for you
0: Honestly, like even though it, it, it sounds story fast, it sounds a lot like what happened with Exalted Essence with like me going to Monica and Neil and being like, This is too complicated. I don't understand how to explain to you why it's too complicated, but it is. Can you make words not work,
3: but this game not work too?
0: Yeah, yeah, words, words bad, game good could be better, maybe.
3: Right. Well, and I think that's what it is. I'm sitting here with the player experience and with and, and with the storyteller experience. That I have absorbed all all through the years of of listening to people when they talk about it, um, and also doing it myself. And they're in the they're they're you know neck deep in. But if we put this over here, then that will imbalance this, and and so we just we just were you know. So it was it was fantastic that we could we could do that. Um, And from that point, I think we came to the example. Right, Eddie. Like we finally pinned them down at, and then this was at a party afterwards. Pinned them down on an example. And the whole deal was with Story Path. Um what we were aiming at, everybody was aiming at was I want to break into this office and there's a locked door. Mm-hmm. I use blah blah and blah blah.
0: Literally where we got that like example that we use in every yep, single yes. story that yes. came from. I love this. I love this. Right, yes. right.
3: This is the example that. That we we could yeah, agree yeah, on, and we both and, and both sides could understand what the example meant. All right, all right, all, mm-hmm. right, all right. So it, it what we want is the ability to, to have somebody do the p- correct role of the two the two um uh, things, add them up, roll that many dice, get the success, and know that if if you get a success, it works. Okay, so people need to play that way. That's cool. If you don't get success, it doesn't work, you can't get in okay now i have to break it down or i have to go through the window or you know whatever then said what we want to add to that experience is the ability for the player to be able to say to the gm i know i rolled and i didn't succeed in the role but what if i did the the door Mm -hmm. is now unlocked but there's a complication that i don't know about the silent alarm goes off (gasps) okay that provides Oh, you know, this the, this the the GM can now run with the story of now. You know, how long is it going to take before the guards start coming in on these guys to so build some suspense? Maybe they hear something down the hallway, so now they're, they're like, "What? Oh, Wait a minute, are we are we mm. detected something's going on?" Um, and vice versa, if it's a if it's a you know, uh, I did succeed at it. Um, what else? Does that mean if I do really well? Because I think that's one of the things that people were a little frustrated with back in the day. with storyteller was? I rolled seventeen successes. Right. Yeah. So you open the door. Good job. Right.
0: Ba, 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 ba. Yeah. Like if I roll seventeen successes to punch a guy, I want to punch through a guy. Like I don't want right. to punch him.
3: Like come on. Or you know, I open the door and it's filled I with
0: gold. Word. Also, I've like always had storytellers, GMs, whatever you want to call them, like, actually, like, they kind of did, did that, even though the system didn't support it. But it's cool to actually have a system that
3: supports it, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. So really, once we got to that, then everything else was, okay, what else is appropriate for each of the game lines? Uh, as we move forward, we made the decision um, that we weren't going to try to enforce a strict, standardized, this is story path for each of the game lines we were working on uh in in uh, currently and in the near future so you know we wanted to give to to really experiment with what could be done with this system beyond what we had agreed to the the, you know the 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 open the door uh mechanics so from that point on i think uh i think uh, these 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 two fine gentlemen here um have more experience with that uh
1: yeah so um i came on around that time this was we were just it, all this stuff Rich talked about was under the codename Sardonics, actually. Um, so I I just inherited Sardonics, system. we were in the process of making it into the story path system. Um, it had already been initially implemented in Scion and Trinity, and so mm-hmm. I came on as a fresh pair of eyes of like, how does this game actually work? Because even though Rich is not on the systems guy, he's still been living inside of this with everybody else for a few years now, um, and. Initially, it was just me wrapping my head around it. But then uh, when Matthew started asked me to kind of help out with uh, They Came From Beneath the Sea, it was okay. It was a good time for me to kind of, okay, how do I re explain this to people who aren't me, aren't anybody else involved in this? And I think a lot of uh, Matthew's initial discussion, because Matthew also is coming into it completely uh, uh, with no pre experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and so us talking through what does StoryPath do and also what does They Came From need. Um, I remember Matthew and I, we talked like over chat a lot during that process. Am I remembering that right?
2: Yeah, uh, because obviously I was able to look at story path only in manuscript form. And uh, it isn't the easiest way to learn a system just mm-hmm. by reading it on a word document. It's either best to talk it through with fellow developers or play it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, Eddie and I discussed a great deal and how we could utilize it for They Came From. Because at one point we were thinking, should we go for a completely unique system for They Came From? Yeah, Mm -hmm. right. And the more we discussed Story Path, the more it became apparent that it was the perfect system to use for Story for They Came From. Yeah, no, it really Um,
0: is. It's a really good iteration of the system.
2: Yeah, it's it's if this is a word, I don't think it is modularity. There you go. Uh, the uh, the set the fact that it is so modular that you can add things to it, take things away without breaking the core system behind it. Which, as Rich has pointed out, you know, is based around failures and successes, but also complications and enhancements. But mm-hmm. that is really its centre. Uh, beyond that, you can sort of chop and change as you see fit. Uh, really helped they came from because mm-hmm. while it has a lot of similarities, uh, I guess more similarities to Trinity than Scion's version, I suppose, of StoryPath, uh, it's fundamentally the same system just with added widgets for they came from brand of, of play.
3: Right. And I think we should really mention also that, uh, as you just did, Matthew, uh, uh, there's two other games between Scion and they came from, mm-hmm. um, one of which is the one that Eddie came into to play around with, which is dystopia rising evolution, mm-hmm. um, the apocalyptic use of a dystopian use of of the straight path system. And then, of course, right. the Trinity continuum, where uh, Daniel, Dan, Daniel. I, I I am. am I getting that through yeah, Danielle Lozan because little Daniel. Yeah, yeah. Um, D
1: D. Compo- He's fine. No, no, no.
3: I'm I'm fully aware of who they are. It's just as soon as I said it, I went right, right. Rolling, yeah. rolling into that L the wrong way. um <laughs> So uh again, we have Ian, who is the the great grand poobah of the training continuum has kept the the flame alive for that even in the the during which you know we we were not doing anything with it um Mm -hmm. has the content knowledge the content lead of of all that but is not a systems person either and um and and the, the the game really needed someone to look at what was being done with scion and say okay how do we do this with trinity and, uh, and and Danielle really, really, really took the system, hit it with sticks and, <laughs> and, fig- and figured out exactly how it works and doesn't work and how it could work and what else you could do with it and how you could simplify this and enhance that. And it was just, I mean, you know, she wrote a, she wrote a lot of successes.
0: Yeah. yeah. I had a weird experience with StoryPad that actually some of y'all might not even realize. Is that I, like y'all are saying that you came into it after Trinity and then Sion had pretty much been made, right? Mm-hmm. Like I came into it way before that, cause I edited Scion and Trinity. So before I was full time, I read every single story path book that came out and then I joined the team. I think I was wrapping up Trinity when I joined the team. I think that was the last project that I got right. like paid for separately outside of my like development. Right. Um, and then like. So I, I was able to kind of like know enough from reading those four books to be like, oh, I see what you're doing here. But also I don't digest systems that well. So I also didn't know that much. And it's kind of mm-hmm. this weird like halfway point where like I get Sion. It was the first story path game I read. Um, but then I can see where are dystopia rising and they came from really like iterated on it and even newer Trinity books um, have really done some cool things with the system yeah. that I love. And I I love an evolving system like that. Like it is very much the you know first edition ish of our story path system, and right. going through and like seeing like what works, what doesn't, what we can cut, what we can add. I think is really useful for future books as well.
2: I
3: mean, lots and lots of people play tested it. Is it's, it wasn't? Oh, we yeah. Just didn't throw it out there. But uh, by the time we we went with you know we need to get this into Scion. We 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 need to get these books delivered as promised. Uh, mm-hmm. We need this into Trinity. Um, the the proof is always in how does it play in 500 different games across across the world right and that's when that's when you get real wild and interesting versions of it or rules interpretations something mm-hmm. that makes total sense to the entire team and anyone that they're working with because they've probably explained in in a brief here's how to play this will be played entirely different way by somebody who has read the rule a different a different way different different slant or from past experiences we have a, a bunch of people who uh had trouble with the story path system to begin with because they were coming from the storyteller system mm-hmm. it's right. a dice pool system but it's not the same there are variations to it that are uniquely story path and yet they were attempting to do it as if they you know they're playing their werewolf game or whatever so
0: mm-hmm. i do want to say as we're chatting if anybody has any questions please feel free to put them in the chat uh to Preface with the word question. This is this a story path QA? So in the next 38 minutes that we have, feel free to ask us some cues that so we can a uh, you know. Hey.
1: Hey.
0: Oh no, what was that? You started this. I'm I'm not moderating this anymore. Flashy,
3: <laughs> <laughs> <Fuzzy, laughs> I'm out of here.
0: Is there anything else about the this, this uh,
3: panel's jumped the shark?
0: It, it really has. Is there anything else about the which you can do a story path system, by the way, if there's a complication of shark? Um <laughs>
3: And leather jacket. Well,
0: is 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 there anything else about the kind of like early um, iterations that I want to talk about before we get into the more modern ones? I guess
3: I think it was. A, I think it was a pretty f- rapid movement forward uh, at that point. I mean, the individual tweaks that Eddie did for the Rising and that Matthew did for uh, uh, they came from. Uh, you know, could maybe be interesting to hear about. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah, uh, I know um, – uh, uh, so uh, it's kind of a weird boat because um, I wrote the s- system design chapter for They Came From First before I rolled into Dystopia Rising. Mm-hmm. But Dystopia Rising was designed first because there was some iteration back and forth. I Long story short, just production schedule. That's how it came out. Right. Um. So… Uh, so I remember very clearly, uh, Matthew and I chatting about uh, StoryPath, and, and that's we kind of stumbled on the idea of spending successes, turning successes into a currency you can spend. Because I think we were both struggling with, okay, you beat difficulty, but then you have stunts, and how does that kind of all tie together? And then when I, I think it was me kind of stumbled on the whole, oh, you, you generate pool sessions and you start spending them as you want to. Because we were getting into things like, can I overcome the complication, not buy off the difficulty, you know, questions. Um, and it looks like, oh, there's some interesting stuff here we can do um so uh, a lot of things kind of snapped into place and then when um i did stop your rising uh, a talks with uh, danielle um because i felt like drv was gonna be closer to trinity in spirit than to scion or they came from so i was like well mm-hmm. let's, let's use kind of trinity as the, the base and build out from there and i started saying okay so i'm seeing x y can can we put these like for, like for uh crafting um there are some some Making of high-tech things that happens in DRE. And I was like, can I use this as a basis to scrap and build new things? Because for a post for a post game, it's like you know, kidding out your car with spikes and guns and stuff is very much kind of a post-apocalyptic thing. I should be able to do. Um, and I was like, so I think this is how this works. And I remember chatting with Danielle and Neil even. And uh, and there's lots of the kind of, oh yeah, no, that's totally how. And you can almost hear in the background them like rewriting stuff' really. it's like, oh, I'm be able to take that um but i think that's stealing stealing right uh but again it's the someone who's coming in relatively fresh and going you know if you put these pieces together you can get this and they just not realizing that those pieces fit together in that way and i think matthew am i right you had a similar experience with they came from
2: yeah i mean i don't have much to add to that um that in that well no you are you're completely right i think the what I found easiest with uh, adapting Story Path 2 They Came From was uh, in the sense of uh, things like changing dramatic editing from Trinity to directorial control in They Came From. There wasn't a great deal of difference between the two, except in from a narrative perspective. Uh, and then it came to things like adding Quip, to they came from which is ultimately just a simple modifier uh, when you look at it system wise all it is is modifying your dice roll but putting a funky little narrative device in front of it to make it a fun modifier uh, and then you've got cinematics and cinematics were a way of using that currency that Eddie's talking about but rather than it being the currencies of successes it's the currency of failure our momentum or our rewrites depending on which game we're playing um, to purchase grandiose fantastical powers none of these modules uh, and I'll keep using that word because I'm apparently in 2014 and none of these modules <laughs> Uh or, yeah. <laughs> or the steading of the hill giant chief. Yeah. Uh what was it they used to say about I think it was modules on mobile phones, wasn't it? No. Um either way. Uh you uh you could add them to Story Path and nothing would break right. because the center of the system was so strong. And that meant you could Uh, you could cut away things you could add things and it made they came from feel distinct but familiar enough that someone who has played trinity or dystopia rising evolution which i still maintain is next to they came from it's my favorite of the story path games i just think it's fantastically written from a reader's perspective that's that's my view Uh, and i think that each way each game presents story path is really interesting and gives flavor via system and that's not an easy thing to do. It's something I know we often we've said a lot that our uh, off time colleague uh, Rose Bailey is a very strong advocate of and a real powerhouse behind turning system into a narrative tool, making the Mm -hmm. system feel like a part of the game and not just a system on top of the game that you have to use to make things happen. And I think when story paths working well, it does that so brilliantly. And I think we've really cracked that. As of course we've gone on with successive books. Uh, I I know I've said this before as well. They came from has now in terms of writing. We've got beneath the sea, beyond the grave, Camp Murder Lake as a large source book, uh, classified, and Cyclops cave. And each time we dip into uh, they came from that system gets tighter and tighter and tighter and is just using the bits that make the game more fun. But the right. system itself is making that game fun. Mm-hmm. You can make it narrative, just wholly narrative if you want, and you'll probably have a laugh if you've got the right group. But what Story Path does through that They Came From lens is if you don't have the right group, if you don't have natural improvisers, natural comedians at your table, you have a system there that allows you to play they came from in the intended way and rely on a fundamentally strong system to carry you through that and allow you mm-hmm. to have fun, which is, um, I think it is remarkable uh, because that's something not every system is able to achieve.
3: Uh, yeah and that was part of a uh, a large part of our discussion back in the day matthew when we were just conceptualizing the entirety of the gate they they came from um the fact it was just they came from beneath, uh, beneath the sea at that point yeah <laughs> uh and and how do you how do you structure funny into your yeah. thing you know um, well so so the cars and the, you know the quips and the and the uh, and the cinematics and stuff like that are uh, being pre-presented for you in that module mm. that connects to Storypath, um, it really makes it very easy to have something funny happen because you're, you know, you're you're throwing down. If if you're not necessarily thinking of it, like like I said, I'm tired. I don't want to be funny. I just want to, you know, uh, fight some some shark people. Um, you you still have this this ability to throw these cards down and say, mm. no no no, that there's my funny bit right there, mm. and you know, maybe the rest of the table will laugh at that.
2: Yeah, to, to expand on that a little for anyone who is unaware, uh, obviously when we first came to, they came from beneath the sea as a story path game. Uh, the the big challenge was thinking well, one comedy games historically have never been terribly successful because it's very difficult to prescribe funny and to expect everyone at the table to be mutually hilarious. Uh, but also we comedy is hard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we needed a a method, a tool by which to to allow people to be funny who didn't naturally have comedic talent. Mm-hmm. And again, you've got that central hub of Storypath. You've got the quips, you've got the cinematics, you've got the flavor text within the book as well, of course. And it's that you know this isn't unique to Storypath. I don't want anyone to think that we're so much blowing our own trumpets that we uh, are. <laughs> Ignoring every other we're system so out there. so
0: brilliant. If we're blowing but, anything, no it's one's farty done horns. Anything
2: like this ever. We don't, it, we but, don't but, blow but,
0: trumpets, just 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 farty horns.
2: But when I look at complications and enhancements, iterations of which exist oh. in uh, systems all the way from fate to savage worlds, uh, <laughs> uh, you can carry on farting at me i'll keep talking uh don't you worry um right <laughs> <Don't you worry>. am <laughs> distracted by better than you <laughs> but, but then you've got what i consider it, what i call gimmick systems and uh, that's not necessarily a bad thing where they are systems used to evoke a certain tone and we have these in each of our story path games to different extent that they allow a certain kind of play even at its most basic stunts can be that in scion Mm -hmm. all the way through to they came from which has its quips and cinematics which add on and if you want to look at games outside of the story path realm again as i say this isn't unique this is why in vampire you have humanity or blood or hunger it's that's the thing that makes the game horrific Everything else is your core system. Then you have the thing that makes it vampire. In Call of Cthulhu, for better or worse, you have sanity. And that is what makes people feel like they're playing Call of Cthulhu mm-hmm. and not just a game using the basic role playing system. And so in our story path games, we have these little flavor gimmicks that work completely with the system that have gone through numerous iterations at this point to get more and more functional and it allows me as a story guide or as a director or whatever the gm is being called in any given game Mm -hmm. uh, to be able to play it well run it and immediately be able to access the flavor of the game without having to be creative or without having to be incredibly creative because the yeah. system is doing the work for me. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, again, that is a very good thing for any game where the system is doing the work for you rather than you are having to bend over backwards to utilize a system you don't understand.
0: Yeah, exactly. Which is part of why is so great. Yeah, we have yeah. had a few questions. Uh, so let me try to get a few of these. yields um a couple of the we get
3: letters every ian has day.
0: answered in the text but i still want to do them here because sure some people you are reading the chat yeah 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 uh so Lord today has asked if any vtt support was planned uh we do have a few on astral but they were wondering if we were going to expand to the foundry or anything else or where else we're going to put vtt products
3: yes all right Just all of that
0: yeah no we, uh, we we are definitely we've been talking a lot especially in post 2020 world about expanding our VTT offerings.
3: Yeah, I mean it's certainly something we learned uh, learned during uh sequestering and everybody, you know, staying home and playing online is how, you know, this is this is this this is what we believed coming into it but it was really proven during that time period that uh, more and more people are enjoying gaming uh online and they need the proper tools to do that with um we are working with people with different people to do various game lines on Astro. Of course, people are seeing the results of that already. Um, Roll 20 foundry and Mm -hmm. um, fantasy grounds. So with all that going on, I I couldn't tell you which one is going to come first, so I'm not going to tell you what game lines or things like that. But obviously, the ones that we own, not uh, we're not working on things that other people's uh, other people have ownership over because right, that's not, our, not ours to do. Yeah.
0: Uh, inclusive gaming asked if we could explain the way paths work as a concept in each game. Do
2: you want to do that, Eddie, or shall I?
0: Um.
1: Honestly, they 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 kind of work the same way they, they came from is different. So I'll let Matthew handle that one because that's a little different. But in general, um right now paths, uh you have uh three of them for each of the core games. on uh, one of mm-hmm. which is some form of where you came from path, one form of what you're doing now path, and one form of who you are path mm-hmm. uh or who you're who you're part of. Um so uh uh Trinity because I happen to have it you know on hand right here. Um, you know, it, it, it's your origin, your role, and your society path. So I have my special
0: uh, invisible version.
1: Right? Yes. <laughs> That's so very cool, cool.
3: What it does, that. I love that. <laughs>
0: um,
1: uh, and, and these are helpful to uh, figure out which uh, skills you start with. Um, give you access to uh, uh contacts and the like. Um, and right now, uh, as written, uh, they're really kind of a, a startup thing. Um. So if you're, uh, uh, say you're an ex-cop and now you're a detective and you're part of this group, um, those can set up all of your pieces on your board to make your character, and then you can grow beyond those paths as you want. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's something that I think we intended to be a little more central to the game, and it just kind of hasn't panned out that way. Uh, but um, they're really useful. In the same way that things like nature and demeanor are really useful in the old world darkness games, where it's something that you can kind of go back to and say, well, What will my character do in the situation? Oh, well, I'm an ex cop, so I'll, I'll think I keep that in mind, or I'm part of this group. Um, they're they're really good levers and switches for keeping the player on track, engaged again. Like, um, mm-hmm. hey, I'm an ex cop. Do I have a beat cop buddy I can reach up to? So, so they're good for that kind of ad hoc figuring out what your character would do and what, how you can affect the world. Um, but uh, they don't have quite the mechanical rigor that's like, say, I think they came from has in terms of how it applies its paths. Yeah.
0: They also do inform your skills, which I think is really important. Um, and also something that I always try to explain to people when we're making characters for any of these systems is that like, you can make your own path. You don't have yeah. to stick to the ones in the book. Um, I have made origin paths that were not in the books before for characters. I have made role paths. Um, my, I, I recently did a game that hasn't aired yet, but I, where I play like a foot a, 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 a streamer Essentially, like a like a really influential one. And so I I made that path for her and just picked some skills that made sense. Like, okay, like she has this. So she probably has some kind of like performance yeah. and you know. Computers and this that and the other, um. And it was to- it, it's really easy to make your own, which I yeah. think is cool because it makes it a lot less restrictive than like you know clans or whatever in like other games. Right. Um. And then Matthew, of course, like oh sorry, Rich, yes, go ahead. I was just
3: gonna say, uh, Eddie, Eddie with uh all of the different Trinity Continuum game lines. Mm-hmm. So we have you know we have we have Aeon, we have the core, we have assassins coming, we have eighth uh, are coming, we have uh, anima coming, we've got aberrant we've got adventure um do they all function the same do the paths function the same way through all of those
1: effectively yes um uh there are some minor tweaks uh like uh some games have like edges based on certain paths so uh for example uh anima um if you're part of a corp a cyber- cybernetic corporation you can get access to edges that give you easier access to cybernetics uh so there are certain uh, uh things that we can key off of uh, as as need be mm-hmm. um, similar to like uh, aberrant um, you know if you part of a certain allegiance in aberrant uh, you're gonna get access to uh, a different uh, edges and sides of things that you wouldn't normally get access to um, but I mean it's 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 done in the very light way. Uh, again, it's like it's not as hard coded as like say your your skills or your attributes. It's not to say it's, it's a different kind of mechanic. It's 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 what I would call a softer mechanic. It's still a mechanic. It's still affecting your gameplay. It's still there. It's still present, but it's not as moment to moment impactful as something like say a skill or
3: attribute. Mm-hmm. And the and the the uh, the virtual world in Anima also has those paths. Yes, um, but those are completely different. You're right
1: um, because that's because the the MMO stuff is a modified version of story path system. So those, it's like your paths are a little more kind of hard coded because like you're the warrior, you're this mm-hmm. people, you know. Um, but then it's to represent more of the video game logic of you pick your three things on the character creation screen, you stuff them together, and you roll out your character and you start playing. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um,
1: and that's also kind of almost all of your character mechanics, really, are just based off of those three bits. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're right. So that's, that's a fair point, Rich. In that case, paths do work differently uh, uh, in that specific case. Um, I think we just have to be somewhere also for NWE. Um, uh, so, I mean, it's it's uh, uh, as the system evolves, again, like they came from handles paths a little bit differently, too. So, I mean, there's different ways we could approach that.
2: I'm going to add a little. I know we're talking about paths a lot, but it is called Story Path. <laughs> uh, tell a story. This is the story part <laughs> of which that, that, we gather yeah, around. That's not the half I'm talking about. I'm talking about paths. You no, do the Tell story. a
0: story about paths.
2: Oh, okay. Once, not that long ago, <laughs> I was speaking. To, uh, sit down, get comfortable. Uh, I, Everyone I gather? Was speak- scooch
3: closer, children.
2: <laughs> scooch closer to the fire. See what, see what your fate tells you. Anyway, uh, in the flames. So I was speaking to a player not that long ago, and uh, this player this player he says to me he says i'll get into joking mode <laughs> this player he says to me what's the point in spending 10 experience on a dot in a path when i could just spend five experience and get a dot in any skill of my choice you sad and i slapped him across the- i didn't um, <laughs> I, I gently spoke to him without condescension which for Hawkins me is beats fe- player it's very difficult if I gently speak to someone it's automatically condescending so is I that, spoke to him that because firmly. you're British or uh, no oh he's just condescending yeah yeah so, <laughs> so so I commanded him I said look paths are essentially the core pillars of your character yep. now If you put 10 experience in any one of your paths, that basically buys for you three skill dots to assign to any of the skills that you have linked to that path. Mm -hmm. In other words, you are improving that aspect of your character. Alternatively, you can spend five experience points and buy one skill point anywhere. So in other words, you've gone outside of your path. Right, It's a system that rewards you for playing the character that you have built. By spending 10 experience, you basically get three skill dots. By spending five, you get one that you can place anywhere. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I explained it, that the paths are what essentially form the character and it rewards you by basically giving you a lower cost for skills by putting points into those paths, Cat players started putting points in paths and i would say and uh, i recently had a discussion with eddie about paths and nature and demeanor and virtues and vices and other such terms we've used in various games uh that paths can be fundamental to your play experience or your running experience or you can ignore them Mm -hmm. ultimately if the story guide decides that we're going to have a good bit of play about your origins, each of your character's origins. Then you have it there not just written as a concept, but as something that's coded into your character sheet that links to certain mechanical aspects of your character as well. So those are the things we're going to be leaning on. Or if you as a player decide I really want to look at my, let's say it's they came from beyond the grave, dark agenda replaced ambition for beyond the bum, grave. Bum, bum. Yeah, it was ambition all the way through to the Kickstarter, uh, but it's now Dark Agenda. Um, And each successive they came from has a different third uh, path now, Mm -hmm. uh, just because I like to change things on the fly. And... if you decide decide as a player i really like the idea of my dark agenda i find this defines my character more than being a professor or raconteur or being from the mean streets of the east end of london or whatever so that's your archetype and origin out the window then great you basically have three options that you can focus in on for what part of my character am i going to focus on today so paths can inform your role play or they can just be set dressing and then you just right. make whatever character you want that walks their merry path away from the things you wrote on your character sheet you're not going to be punished for that mm-hmm. but basically you have the tools there to incorporate them or not and hopefully have fun either way
0: yeah i mean that's that's something that reminds me of characters like ash from evil dead for instance who like by the time you get, you know, into the story, his day job doesn't really matter. No. <laughs> like, that is not what's important. What's important sure. is that he is fighting zombies and that his hand is trying He's to be smart, him. yes. Uh, so, yeah, so that is that one. We've had a few other questions. Um,
3: let us aid them.
0: Let us A them. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce this either Enceladus or Enceladie if it's French, I have no idea um is are there any new pantheons for scion god we can talk about um i don't remember what they are so if you want to mention one that you know about eddie feel free i feel like eddie's looking up the outline right now uh
1: yes i, I am definitely <laughs> looking at the outline right now you <laughs> tear in the headlights <laughs> look I, no no. none of us joking.
0: are the actual like developer of scion god we're the in-house like project manager folks so right we're not deeply involved in that project as much as Hidomi and Monagar. So I'm
1: skimming through the outline right
0: now. Okay, okay. I'm going to skim through the chat. We're gonna just hang out while I do this. Uh, uh, question, why does they came from use double on tens rather than exploding? Or vice versa, Matthew?
2: I can't remember if this was an Addy decision or a Matthew decision, because Addy wrote the system chapter for beneath the sea. Uh, and- I
1: think it was mutual because I remember we talked about, it and I think we decided to go with doubles because it was just less... We wanted the game to be as fast as possible. One of the things you would ask me to do is to to kind of reduce the load on the game, and so Double 10's kind of just one less dice roll you have to make.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm... you know There are games I enjoy writing, well, it, rolling loads and loads of dice, the sort of Tunnels and Trolls Exalted experience, uh, but they came from, I have wanted it to get more and more streamlined as it's gone on. And uh, I mean, I think someone remarked in the Twitch chat about health levels, and they came from being their favorite version of health in StoryPath, because it's all narrative, basically. And, you know, that to that extent, it's a similar thing. you know. I don't want people tracking numbers when it comes to health as much as I just want them to feel like I've got a scar, I've got a sprain, oh, God, I'm on my deathbed, and I'm dead. Now I'm going to issue a soliloquy. Has um,
3: someone also put up a, a storypad Nexus that does the opposite and starts creating basically health dots again? Or is that just some... I, I remember seeing it somewhere somebody was offering. It. I thought it was the Nexus. They,
2: I, I don't know if they did. Uh, I would be interested. Which if you want any variants
3: on any of the things for the main games and, and the systems, the path Nexus is a great place to find where people are really thinking about it and, and then writing them up and offering them to people.
1: Right. Um, to go ahead to early question, um, uh, the earlier question. The chat's already kind of on top of it, but to reiterate, um, uh, we've already announced the uh, the, the Tano, um, uh which is what's called the Zemi, um, the, the Filipinos, which is the Dawadi, uh, and the Ilium. Uh and there are two more uh, which are not yet announced. So we've announced those three. You'll find the other two as we get closer to the Kickstarter, or if we do one.
0: I put you on the spot. That was fun. If we
1: do one. Right. If we, do one. I think if we <laughs> do one. It's always an um, if. Never a win. Mm-hmm.
0: That is most of the questions that I'm seeing as far as story path goes. Uh, one person did ask if we were going to like if we ever considered expanding their role in system design. And I think we already kind of talked about that. Like I I, I think their yeah. role is pretty permeative through system design, depending on whether or not you want to engage with it.
1: Their role in terms of the the path? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. Like the like role of the path within system design.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, I think we can. We can pretty well, you know, I don't think it's a big, it wouldn't be a big surprise to say that, you know, some of the things that we're looking at doing with the story path system are going to take more, are going to, are going to be able to make more variants. And maybe one of those is the path becomes integral to, like, as Eddie was saying, rather than a soft system, a hard system sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Don't necessarily know that that's happening. We're not necessarily aiming to make that happen it's the nature of whatever the new game line would be using story path until the point where we say, okay, we've, we've collected all this stuff. We know what it is. I think similar to what Matthew's been able to do with, um, all the, 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 the various games coming out so quickly for, uh, uh, they came from is to take a look at what worked last time. What works now, let me try this one on this one. Let's window it down, window it down, um, at some point. We're gonna come back on and, and look at, you know, what is the new, what is what is the current version of Story Path and see how, you know, what what games that could be connected to. Um maybe the paths being stronger would be part of that. Maybe there wouldn't be any paths at all. Who knows?
0: hmm yeah. yeah. We're having fun with um, it. We're always looking at new iterations.
1: Uh there is another question. Um, I saw uh one story path issue that one of the people run a kung fu has mentioned to is mm-hmm. uh there's lots of ways to spend successes. Um, and uh, they've experienced this kind of stumbling slow of the game. Have we talked about streamlining that? Right. Um, and uh, yes and no. Um, uh, I think uh, on the one hand, there really are only three ways to spend successes. You, you buy off difficulty, you buy off complications, or you purchase stunts. Those are really the three ways you do it. Now, certain games contextualize those differently. Like for example, uh, Matthew talked about um, uh, uh, there are ways to spend momentum to do different things. Uh, and that's, in, or in, they came from case rewrites, I should say. Uh, and sometimes we do offer explicit stunts uh, in terms of you could do these specific things. Uh, so really it comes down to uh, if you fall off difficulty and you follow off the complication, what can I do with the rest of successes? And that is a point that we have been and talking a little bit about. Um, some of it is offering more explicit stunts at the appropriate sections, so like here's your power and here's a different stunt you can do with it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and I think uh, uh, Anima goes into a little bit with some of the MMO stuff specifically. Um, uh, some of it also is uh, you can just use them to. There, there are certain codified stunts that every game has. Uh, you can buy stunts that complicate things for other people, and buy, basically put complications to other people, um, or to give yourself somebody else enhancement, uh, which is another way to kind of, those are evergreen, always available opportunities that are not codified as stunts specifically, but they're in the stunt section. You right. can do you know, complicating stunt, enhancing stunts, or difficult stunts. Um, uh, but again, those are just stunts. Uh, so it's also okay to just say, you know what, um, you've rolled so many successes, and then just narrate, I did this a couple times with my own Trinity games uh, where it's like, I got 15 successes because I have so much enhancement and too many dice and a whole bunch of 10s. Like, cool. You know what? They explode. So I'm not even going to figure out the math on that. You just <laughs> use something really amazing and you move on. Right. Um, so you can just use them as a kind of a unit of super success. Uh, uh, but um, we have been looking into ways to not necessarily simplify that, but to clarify the actual options available to you uh because certainly some people and initially our first games struggled with this too like complications is not difficulty but some of our earlier products when we were a little muddy on that front uh we weren't clear on that and so there's a lot of things like you can add complications that really just increase difficulty and so uh admittedly some of our first books weren't clear on that front so as we put more and more books out we're continuing to clarify that i feel like DRE did a really good job uh, of clarifying that. They had lots of people read Dystopia mm-hmm. Rising, a Blue Sheet go back and say, oh, now I understand better what Trinity and Style was kind of trying to get to. Um, it's almost like I, every
0: time we do a new, a new iteration of it, it gets a little better.
1: Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, uh, to, to, to your point, Kung Fu, uh, Fandras, you mentioned uh, shopping list hesitation. I think that's a that's a valid concern. Um, it's the, OK, here's so many things I could do. I'm not sure what to pick. Right. Uh, but one thing that can help also is, as story guide, you know the things that are going on. You can say, hey, well, maybe you can spend two points for this. Or you can also proactively spend for players that are hesitant. I've done that, again, in some of my games, where I'm like, um, you spent three points about difficulties. Do you want to spend a point about the complication pool? You have two left. You could use it to you know, deactivate the alarm. Um, or you can use it to find a different file. Or I could just throw you some clues, uh, offering them a few options can help them to maybe reduce their hesitation as well. So that's another way to kind of at the table streamline that.
2: One one method I use is I introduce, I, I have kind of broken story path down into tiers of complexity and so when i run a first what a one shot or a first campaign of a story path game i will tend to do it so that the aforementioned success is buying off things only buy off difficulty and complications i don't in i don't use stunts at all i kind of put them at mid-tier and then when i come back for a second session i will start using stunts or i start introducing them and if it's they came from we will then start using tropes and trademarks after that uh, and the first things i'll introduce the they came from game next to the normal successes complications are the cinematics and quips i think every one of the story path games has a again a fundamental core to it but Beyond that, you can strip things out. And again, it doesn't break the system. Correct. Uh, Different Mm -hmm. groups are going to be more comfortable with learning an array of new widgets sooner than others. So layering these things in isn't a bad way to go. Certainly, I find it successful. So for instance, we're running games for Gen Con this year. and so i'll be doing they came from beyond the grave tomorrow and i probably knowing that it's a new at what time group, Matthew? uh that will be at 4 p.m edt i guess you're yeah. EDT? Yes. we're yes yeah. yeah. and yeah. also yeah. just
0: just so anybody knows we talked about the two games we're running for gen con online they're not going to be on our twitch channel these are going to be streamed in our discord under the gen Con online handle you're welcome to watch like eddie's anime game in about an hour today um what? but like you need to be quiet and mute your mic because you're not playing and talk about it in a watch party unless you're playing
1: mm-hmm.
0: or and I will mute you, you and kick you out.
2: Of course you will. And yeah, I haven't been in touch with all of my players or I haven't heard from all of them. So I don't know if it will be on camera or not, but we will be doing otherwise it'll be voice only on the Onyx Path Discord. But uh, what I was going to say is that not knowing the level at which these players are coming into, they came from beyond the grave. I probably won't be including things that typically you would refer to the book for, mm-hmm. you know, c- um, cinematics and quips. They're very easy for me to hell. I can take screenshots from the PDF and, uh, and post them on the discord to say, these are your cards. These are the ones that you look can how reference.
3: that guy screwed up those cards. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that, that layout artist, what a schmuck. And, uh, <laughs> Oh, rich. I, uh, but yeah i i will probably dial it back a little but if i've got a regular gaming group that's playing beyond the grave and i've currently got a regular gaming group playing classified we're using all of the tools available Mm -hmm. from classified because they're very comfortable with the system at this point
3: i think presentation is a huge part i mean just going like speaking about i was doing the layout but i'm working off of the the original format for Beneath the Sea to do Beyond the Graves layout. Mm -hmm. And even in that, I'm seeing how Matthew is simplifying things and making sections make more sense in the rule book. Um, And I think that's one of the things like, I think obviously Scion Origin, Scion Hero being the two that were the very first ones out there probably are the ones that are the hardest for people to get into, unfortunately, as we figured out better ways or more clear ways to communicate how the system worked. Uh, And so- you know perhaps coming back into that with an essence exalted essence mindset may be something that we do uh even before we come up with a new system or, or a, a version of the system that, that that you know we start using in other games
0: yeah because there's a lot of stuff that hasn't changed it's just we've changed how we present it which mm-hmm. makes it clearer and people are like oh i get this now and it's like it's it works that way in on origin too and they're like does it? And it's like, yeah, we just didn't yeah. write it as well as we could have. We're sorry. Um, that said, I think we're about to wrap
3: up here. Um, do, do, you, do you want to mention the uh, we're going to be having a Kickstarter starting next yeah, week?
0: Yeah, yeah. So uh, upcoming this, this coming week, uh, not if you're listening to this later, because that's not true.
3: Uh, no. We're going to
0: have our Werewolf, the Apocalypse, Apocalyptic Record. Uh, it's our 20th anniversary edition. It's kind of similar to like a Beckett's Jihad Diary, for, but it's for Werewolf 20. Uh, very, very excited about that. Very very excited, very and, excited. Uh, and and we have a Kickstarter pre
3: yeah mm-hmm. pre Kickstarter page you can sign up for and that will give you an alert letting you know that the Kickstarter has come uh, come live and I think Dixie might have that link in the chat somewhere. Uh, or will N-
0: Nightbot has it. There it goes. Thanks. Thanks. Job, Actually, that was just Ian. Thanks, Ian. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Good job because I I don't have the link. Um, <laughs> and yeah, yeah. We've also got some upcoming uh, Trinity games that we haven't like gotten to preview too much yet between Anima and Aether. If you are interested in Anima, I do recommend watching Eddie's Drencon game. Uh, but like I said, quietly, quietly,
1: yes, <laughs> quiet,
0: <be> quiet. <laughs> um, and I I will probably be in the chat for that to you, just to like I said uh, kick people out or mute them if they don't mute themselves because I'm mean. Uh, so, and to also
1: talk shit. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I no, <laughs> I, I'll be quiet too. <laughs> no, I mean like in chat. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Eddie, that said, where can people find you, follow you, if they want to ask you more questions about this stuff? I know that you're not doing too much right now.
1: Um, yeah. I mean, uh, uh you could uh follow, get more news about what I'm doing at uh, PugSteady on Twitter. Um, you can also go to my website at pugsteady.com and also just hang out in the usual Onyx Pass Spaces. It's gonna be the best place to find out where I'm doing
2: lately.
0: Yeah, honestly, the Discord's a great place to find all of us. Uh, yep. Matthew, what about you?
2: They can find me on MatthewDawkins.com. They can find me on Twitter at DawkinsMP. And as mentioned, the Onyx Path Discord is always an excellent place to find me. Uh, I don't mind as long as you don't abuse the uh, button. You can tag me if you have a question regarding any of the games I'm working on, uh, especially as pertains to they came from or recent releases like Mummy the Curse Second Edition, which yeah. only went on sale this week and can be purchased on Drive for RPG and PDF and print on demand. That,
0: that and Deviant mm. the Renegades, which we'll probably hear more about in tomorrow's What's Up with Onyx Path panel. You're going to yeah. hear more about it. Yeah,
2: absolutely.
0: And Rich, do you want to harass you? or I, 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 I see you've gotten your uh, accessory out.
3: I'm ready. So I'm ready to ring us out. Uh, rich tea <laughs> at Richtheatheonicspath.com.
0: You can find me at Dixie Cyanide everywhere. Uh, I'm. I'm easy to find. And uh, should I should, should I just say the thing? Many worlds. One path.